0: Going to talk about American oh, Airlines. Too. We're going to talk my shit on them real quick. Fuck them. Like Blake's it. life matters. <laughs> that's, <a very> impressive <laughs> Yo, that's actually really funny. That's a hundred views oh. right there. Oh, God. Blake Black's life matters. Because that's really mm. going to stir up controversy. You, we could totally do it. Black life. Blake Black's life matters. That is way too play on for me. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. That's a oh. good idea. It is a it's, good idea. It's, it's probably also a very bad idea, like B, BBL. BBL, Blake Black
1: lives, Blake
0: Black lives. <laughs>
2: Let's
1: start going clothing line
0: a little bit. That, that sounds BBL. a little <laughs> too pornographic. To me. I may have a pornographic <laughs> bad memory, but you
3: know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the American Allegiance podcast. I'm your host, Nick Welsh. I'm joined by uh, a couple guests today. we got a little bit of a different format today. Um, my good friend, uh, Blake Black, is in town from Connecticut, after just finishing up a trip from uh, Miami, Florida, which is going to tell you about here in a second. And I'm also joined by two of his friends, Tim and Jake, also from Connecticut. And uh, I'll, let, I'll let them introduce themselves here. But I think we've got a good topic for you guys today. We're going to talk about a plethora of different things, try to link it all back together and have a full-fledged conversation. So let's roll with it. Blake, welcome to the show, man. First ever podcast.
0: First ever podcast. Hello, hello. So we have... Uh... We have a main topic of adversity and we had lots of it it was a interesting time trying to get here today which we'll get into that a second but first of all i'd like to introduce jake jake's been training with us for probably about a year now he's been kicking ass crushing numbers um slowly but surely getting all his his uh weights to go up and his body weight to go down he's down how many pounds now down since i've started probably Almost 70 pounds. 70 fucking pounds. That's awesome, dude. Killer, man. That's 70 awesome, man. fucking pounds. And uh, we have Tim over here. Tim's been crushing his fitness goals, too. Uh, he's been going hard this past year. Started really diving back into his physical fitness and his mental health. Uh, last maybe year and a half, two years. Is that accurate? Somewhere around that?
1: Um, I've been going back and forth for a few years now. But I really... Uh really decided to stick to it hard and go nasty after it for probably the last eight or nine months like
0: okay so just shy of a year and in, in that time frame he completed 75 hard for the first time which if any know, any of you guys know about that program it is a ridiculously hard program um also completed phase one crushed that and did the Goggins four by four by 48 and if you know anything about that you know Tim's a hard motherfucker so
3: Thank you. I appreciate uh, we're
0: it. gonna we're gonna start with that. And what he's got, you just tore your
3: ACL, right? I I did. I was uh, <laughs> oh, we forgot was, about that. Too, not right?
1: not relation to the four by four by forty eight but I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was snowboarding in Colorado, and I just got a little of myself on some ice, and the body went one way. The board did not want to go that way, and it just twisted and popped. And yeah, so, so you yeah. guys
3: may have seen Tim uh, on the American Allegiance page uh, a couple times now with some of the stories, but this dude is a savage. He tore his ACL. The next day, I think he was in the gym lifting. I was and uh, upper body still works. Upper body. Still
1: works. <laughs> so that was yeah, actually the fun part. Was uh, uh yeah. <laughs> I, I, When I was going to Colorado, I knew I was. I finished seventy-five hard. I had a Colorado trip planned, and I was like, when I come back from Colorado, I'm gonna start phase one flip part. And I told myself that I, I already committed myself to that. That was what I had my goal in mind. And so when I hurt my uh, my knee, I was like, oh, am I gonna be able to do that? And I'm like, you know what, like. It is what it is. It's a scalable program. I'll work my way around it and I will figure it Fuck out. Yeah. So That's what it's all I, about. I came back on a Friday and I started on phase one on that Monday. With a, with a damaged knee and just between going to the doctors and the, this and that the surgery ended up working out like about a month later. I had uh, surgery. I had four days left, four days left. I was on day 26 when I had my surgery. So I was doing my double workouts outside with like my crutch, my numb leg, like the nerve block and just, I don't know, it was four days. I was not going to restart, you know, <laughs> day 27.
0: So that's incredible, man. Just it's just push through. right there. Dude, it's crazy. Um, it's absolutely insane. And, and how many days after your post ACL surgery did you pull 405 and deadlift? Uh, it was PR. The eight, it was
1: the 18th day. Um, 18th day. I've been, chasing, been chasing 405 for, you know, for a very long time now. Oh, and uh, I never quite got it. I got close to it. And I used to pull sumo. you know. Then you convinced yep. me to go back to con- conventional. conventional. right, and- it just set me back down a little bit in the weight where I was pulling three plates, and I just had a hard time getting back. And then I've just be doing, you know, with all between my knee the way it was, I was pushing a lot of a, a lot of upper body and back, and I feel like my back got a good good right. strength doing it. Just the weight, the weight just went right up. I, don't know, I just yeah, felt I know, really yeah. good that day. I was so happy for that.
2: day it flew right up. It did. Crazy was, was. It I was amazing. That. It's just how it's just my mind was very it. Was for great, it. I just remember sitting there, no pause, nothing, just steady, just went right up. Yeah. It was just like. Well, oh, the, night, the night before,
1: I hadn't done deadlifts in, like, two months because yeah, of my oh, yeah.
2: And the night before, I was, like, messing around with, like,
1: one or two plates with him in the garage. And I was, like, dude, I think tomorrow like, I'm going to try to go for a little heavier. And I was, like, fucking and right. And I did, Let me know and I did three going, plates. Yeah. And I was, like, oh, was pretty good with brace on. Because I still did the brace on. And I actually had like, they just unlocked the 90. But I kind of opened it up to, like, 110 at that point. <laughs> so, this <so laughs> way, I got it. i it's not going to like, you know, stop me. Uh, and, then, like, the three and a half went up. And I was like, oh, dude, when that, that like went three and three quarter, and that went up, so I'm going to go for four plates. And I did. And that was the yeah. first time I've ever pulled four plates, and I was really excited about that. And I can't wait to
0: yeah, hell for, yeah, hell go for more. Yeah. I got a new Jake goal now. I got to break that, 500 right. now. Sky's That's 100. right. Just go going, so. set a new goal and then crush that one. Yeah. Jake was with me when I pulled my big number, 2 I've been chasing 500 forever, but I just mentally wasn't ready for it. and I remember that. had a whole bunch of other bullshit, like car acts and other things that kind of held me back. But... Slowly but surely, I finally, finally crushed. It. I was so fired up. I was just like, man, screw this. I don't care. Whatever. I, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around 500. So I was like, let's put 505 on there. That's not 500. That's the same way I did it for my squat. I couldn't squat 400 pounds because it was a mental battle. I just could not crush it. And then I put 410 on. I smoked it. Didn't even make sense. It's just those mental things. You just can't break past those barriers. And when you finally get past that barrier, you're like, huh, I'm capable of more. Cool, yeah, dude. At hundred and eighty pounds, it ain't easy to pull fucking yeah. five hundred pounds, but I just I knew it was gonna go. I remember you pulled that. I was like, Yeah, no, you just deadlifted five oh five. You're like, Yeah,
2: and then a half hour later you're like, wait a minute. I just
1: fuck. I at it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, like, it it didn't you it it totally like I
0: didn't like, even comprehend fuck. it. I was like, Yo, I've been chasing that number for like two years. But I just it was funny because I was, at the time, uh, I'd come off a discipline program. I was on a discipline powerlifting program, and I'd come off it for a while, and, you know, I I was just kind of doing my own thing at that point. Um, while I was on the program, I was much stronger. Uh, I mean, that's where working with a coach comes in, somebody who's a professional. But, I mean, I was just kind of doing my own thing, and it was just a mental battle. I just could not break that mental barrier. I finally did. Bro, lifting is just – it's.
3: I, I would say it's 90% mental. We put this number in our head, and we put this – in our head oh, yeah. that we can't do something or we can't look a certain way but it's amazing once you hit that barrier or once you hit that goal or that vision of yourself looking a certain way oh my God. and then it opens up this cloud of of things that we didn't think were possible but now it is like i remember as a kid and envisioning i was big into like mma fighting i was big into oh, yeah. wrestling and looking at like wwe guys and you'd see these guys that were just jacked right yeah. And I'm like, how do those motherfuckers look like that? Like, how how is that even a thing? It was just so far out of reach of what I thought was possible. But then you get into it and you start doing everything day by day by day, by workout by workout, by meal it's by meal. Break, and then by you start mentality. seeing that vision yeah. come to life in your own body. And there's nothing more satisfying than just seeing that oh, it's yeah. possible.
2: And then, you know, we're
3: limitless in what we, what we can and can't do.
2: It's just one of those things like when you start doing something like weightlifting or bodybuilding, any kind of training, whatever you want to do in this type of, you know, industry, you have a preset goal in your mind. You might not realize it, but it's there. Like you think of something and then you go up, you might struggle to get it. But once you get it, you're like, well, I have no limits now. You're like, I can just keep going. Time to set a new goal. Yeah. That's that's why it's so imperative to set those goals. When you hit that goal, you don't realize after you get past it, you're like, I can do this. I've got no 100%. problem. I just did this. What's stopping me from going the next step up? Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. It's like you just want to keep going and going and going.
0: I would argue the biggest mistake people make going into lifting or fitness or anything, like in this whole area, is not making goals. Yeah. Because you go in without a plan. And when you go in without a plan, you don't know what the fuck you're executing on. Yeah, you just and if sloppy. you don't have, you yeah, slow, it's just you're you're going so with, with that's And you know what? I'm guilty that just like anybody else. Yeah. I've gone through the motions so many times when you get busy with life and business and whatever the fuck comes at you, sometimes it happens, sometimes you have your maintenance lifts, but sometimes you forget to get back into that intensity mindset. And that's where like, you know, having hard motherfuckers around you to, to do those big lifts and, and whatever that they're like challenging each other, that's where that comes in. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that's that's challenging for somebody who only lifts alone, you know, who doesn't have that support group or whatever. So. People like us seeing, you know, different people on the page and shit. That's it's a good way to, to get them motivated to do those things. Set yeah, them goals. It resonates
3: with all different people because we mm-hmm. all have different goals. Like your power oh, lifters
0: so. have a certain number that they want to sure. get to,
3: bodybuilders have a certain look that they want to achieve, you know, and then you've got guys that just want to. Get healthier. They all—they just want to lose weight. They just want to be comfortable going out in public and taking their shirt off and feeling confident about themselves. Sure. Which it doesn't matter what your goal is, but you need to know what you want to accomplish before you walk in there, and then take the actionable steps on a day-to-day basis to get to that point. Like I don't think you think you thought that seventy pounds was—you know—you probably thought that was a huge fucking number back when you were seventy pounds heavier, and now you're like seventy pounds. Like okay, I can hit eighty now. Thing is like
2: can't look at the big picture in the end completely because then you're like oh it's so far away that's right you get discouraged by it you got to set small goals and you just keep crushing them because when you crush a goal you get you know those endorphins they make you feel really good they absolutely just build you up and serotonin like, heck yeah i can just keep going and going right like what's stopping me and you just want to keep going more and more harder and harder at it. Absolutely. absolutely and it's nothing will stop you when you've got that drive and you just want to keep going Nothing's So dude,
3: Nothing's impossible. I got a question. How did I want you to tell the people that are in a, in a position right now where they feel like they're so far gone or they're so out of shape that they think that it's just a lost cause and they don't know how to get started. What did you do that just got you to the point where you got started and you lost the first five, 10 pounds and then you kept going and you lost 15 to 20. Like, was there a mental switch in your head that
2: so the mental switch that was in my head was at the time I was actually, you know, I'd look in the mirror. I wouldn't like what I see. I didn't feel good. i get out of breath wicked easy, Mm. you know, the slightest little exercise. And then, you know, I ended up, that's how I came around talking with Blake. And he's like, you know, you should start working out with me. And he was a big support with me with it. And he helped push me. But he's like, I can push you, but it's you that has to do the work. You put in the effort and you're going to get the results. And that there kind of clicked in my head, like, you know what, he's right. He's like, you can start off, he's like, little things, just work your way into it. He's like, you don't want to jump right into it because right. it's a hard load on the body. hundred percent when you try to go all out right away. That zero to a is real hard in yeah. your So he says that. just ease into it. Like yeah. for someone my big size, I was over four hundred pounds when I started. And when I started, I mean, just walking. You so know, what were
3: what were those small changes that you were making? Like let's start first. Our implementations. So
2: when I started, I do more exercise. I walk more. I start eating healthier, cutting out junk food. You know, putting cleaner food into my body to help build it the right way it should be.
0: Hundred percent. You were taking nutrition. inventory
3: of what you were putting in your body on a day to day basis, and you were yeah. like, I need to cut this, this out, I need to cut yeah. that out. Drink more water.
2: That was one of the biggest things. Right. Is keep the body hydrated
0: start tracking macros yeah, too, yeah, right? Tracking macros. That's, that's big too. His numbers are always on point too, for you again, yeah. setting those goals of where he wants to be. And consistency. that consistency, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. it's brick by brick mentality. You're going to get there. It's just a matter of time and the way it, like, if you have one thing that you're
2: consistent in, I feel like you can be consistent through anything in your life too.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how
3: your skills and what you do in the gym translates to other areas in your oh my life god! you yeah. start seeing success and what oh, you're yeah. doing and you start looking better which ultimately makes you feel confident as a person because when you're out in public, you're like, yeah, man, I fucking look good. I feel good. I'm going to yeah. do good in a lot exactly. of other areas. And you start just performing well 100%. in your job, in your relationship and stuff
0: like that. And Bringing I get that confidence out of yourself. Yeah,
3: Absolutely. That's why fitness is just, it's, it's such a, it's an avenue to succeed in a lot of different ways. And I think people, they look at it very one-minded and they think, you know, it's selfish of people to do that and dedicate that much time to how they look. But I don't think you truly realize what it does for you as a whole in terms of your lifestyle and yeah. your success when you are fitness regimented and you take care of
0: your body and yeah. you make that a priority in your life. I, listen, I don't know what you believe in, but I believe in God and I would argue it's selfish to him. You're being selfish to him by not showing him what the fuck you're capable of. When Ed Myles said, one day I think that I'm going to, I imagine that when I get to those gates that I'm going to meet God and he's going to show me a version of what I'm going to be, what I could have been. If it's not a mirror image of myself, then I didn't do what I was capable of. I would argue that you're being selfish if you don't fucking max your life out. Like that's why I love Ed Millett. And like in my head, I want to be better than that motherfucker. He shows me. I want him to be like, I didn't even think you could do that. No shit, exactly. And I want to impress him. I want him to be like, okay, you know. And that's that's just my belief in God. And you know, not to bring religion or anything, but I mean, shit. If that's if that's what it comes down to that's where I want to be at yeah no I think we have an obligation to yeah. chase our best self Fuck like yeah. there's a
3: there's a version of you inside that is incredible like limitless you know and we can see it but and I think it the way that I look at it is I'm chasing that dude every single yes. day and I'm like trying to become yeah. that best Nick Welsh that I,
0: that I can see Fuck out yeah. there
2: the only limit you have is your mind
0: 100 percent.
2: That's the only limit I feel like you have, cause you can 100%. keep pushing and go further and further and do things you've never even dreamed of. Dude, I couldn't but agree just, more. You just gotta put in that effort and
0: keep your nose at the grindstone and keep at it. Dude, something I wanna touch on too. There's nobody here is special. Like, not for nothing. Like I'm not special, Nick's not special, Jake's not special, and Tim's not special. My well, mom called me special. Okay, your mom lied. <laughs> your mom fucking lied. No, she's a nice lady, she doesn't lie. Um the <laughs> I want to point out that nobody here is is better than you so if you think that you know oh i couldn't do with these you think he thought he could lose fucking 70 pounds mm. you thought i thought i could lift 500 fucking pounds no nope. <laughs> you know it's just it's just about what you constantly do on the day-to-day that that's going to bring you to the next level but you know one of my favorite quotes is you know the best time to plant a tree is is 20 years ago the second best time is today so when it comes down to it like Don't start next week. Don't start on Monday. Don't start fucking two weeks from now. I'll start three weeks from now after my birthday. No, start now. You know, sometimes you veer off that a little bit, but that's fine. You know what? Nobody's perfect. You have to fucking start somewhere. If you just let that go, you're going to let it go forever. And that's what I tell everybody that wants to start. Dude, listen, I'll I'll help you until I'm blue in the face, but I can't do the work for you. Like I, I could help you to a fault, but I can't do the work for you. If you're not willing to put in the work, I can't do a goddamn thing for you. I, I got nothing for you. I got nothing. Yeah. Sorry. And you got to prioritize. Like, we all have shit going
3: on. We yeah. all have things yeah. on our plate. And, you know, you can make excuse after excuse oh, after yeah. excuse. But if you don't set in stone and make it non-negotiable that you're going to do at least this one extra thing. And this is something that Ed Milet preaches on as well. Mm-hmm. He always talks about one more. He's like, yes, okay. That one more. What oh, One more so thing did you know. do that you didn't do yesterday that's mm-hmm. going to change? Because change is something doing something different than you did before right we get so complacent and we get so set in our ways of doing the exact same thing day after day whether it be the diet or whether it be the workout routine or whether it be what you're accomplishing on your job and when you really take a step back and you realize if i continue to do the same thing i'm going to continue to be the same exact person i'm not going to elevate so you got to change something and really, all you got to do is change one thing. And he starts so simple when he says change that one small thing. It's just doing one more thing extra than you didn't do yesterday. And sure. you'll be amazing at how those compile over time. 100%. That's 365 extra
0: things that you did over the course of a year that could make a significant difference in what type of person you are. Even if you're inconsistent, you break that down. Even 100 extra things, think about that, what, what that adds up to. Well, that compounding interest is of that that 10-year, that 5-year, 10-year, 15-year, 20-year period mm-hmm. of your life. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And the, the flip side of that is the definition of insanity, like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You're never going to fucking change. It's never going to change. And if you're not happy, you have depression, whatever the case may be, there's not a single person in this room that hasn't been through that. I know I have. I know you have. And I know the, every single person sitting here with us has had that. But- what happens is when you constantly lift weights and you constantly, you don't necessarily have to lift weights. You could go work out, right? You can go for a walk. You need, your body movement is the medicine. That's what your body requires. It re- releases those those happy endorphins, and that serotonin in your brain, and that's what's going to make you feel better, you know? So I would argue that if you don't feel good, like mentally, that movement is going to be the best thing for you. And it's not going to be easy. It's not supposed to be. If it was easy, everybody fucking do it. Yeah. You know, if but there's a bunch easy, of average that,
2: motherfuckers, if it was easy, that means you're not improving. Yeah, so if you're you, not you can't be just, average. Yeah, just go for a walk and just see how you feel. Guess what? If go it's go easy, like that means you're not walk. pushing yourself, you're not right. trying to go to that next level. 100%. And you always got to keep trying to better yourself, no matter what it is in life. You right. always want
0: to do better. 100%. Dude, if you're not making those investments in yourself, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? It's that's that's what it comes down to. You're making an investment in yourself, every lift. Every time you, you read that book, every time you do that extra thing you wouldn't have done, you're making an investment.
3: Yeah. And if you don't look at things as sacrifices, if you look at things as investments, that's a huge way to change your perspective on things too. Like people look at, well, I'm sacrificing that party or I'm sacrificing that time that I could be having fun. Mm-hmm. No, that sacrifice is not a sacrifice and it's, it's an Ooh. investment. It's a temporary a sacrifice, one. but in the long run, think about how much better you're going to be because you sacrifice that two or three hour window of fun Okay, you invested Dude. that time into your own business. You invested oh. that time into yourself, into your fitness, whatever you're trying to chase. And then down the road, those little two-hour gaps and those sacrifices become what the fuck you really want to be. You know you should be.
2: Right. Because you can't get time back. Nope. That's Once right. It's That's the one on, thing that never so comes back.
0: Out. Man, Ed Milet is another one that says this, this one fucking thing. I get chills every time I fucking say it. Winning is more fun than fun is fun. And I say that to myself every fucking time I make a sacrifice, every time my friends are out and I'm not because I'm fixing the fucking floor of my house at 2 a.m. or whatever the stupid shit I'm doing, you know, whatever. <laughs> By the way, good right. good friends of mine fucking, you know, tag along for that. I appreciate my fucking friends more than you know. But the, uh, the thing is, every time you make those sacrifices and, and you're making those investments in yourself and your business and your life, that you just have to constantly remind yourself, winning is more fun than fun is fun. And that's why like I personally, what I do, I don't like going out on weekends anymore. I understand that when I fuck off on the weekends, it takes up so much of my time and then it's time wasted. You can't get it back. So what I do is I'll work for seven days a week for three, four, five weeks straight. I'm not saying that's what you have to do, that's fine. Not everybody does that. And I'm not saying like, it's perfect all the time. Maybe I get a day off here and there, but whatever. I like to work straight through and not do very much. And then I'll go fuck off for a week. That's what I just did. And this has been like the sickest vacation with the exception of American Airlines. Uh, this is a, a uh, casualty to American <laughs> Airlines. Fuck them. I would like to say this publicly one time. I apologize. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but fuck American Airlines. Yeah, the Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> what absolute garbage. But we'll to we'll get to that adversity in a minute. But. Uh, regardless i i had a really sick vacation but it was it was well deserved and well earned so i didn't feel guilty or bad about spending the amount of money that i did and there was a lot of money spent and there was a lot of time spent but you know we, we got people back there being productive so it's it's all good everything happens for a reason but i i genuinely enjoy working my ass off and then screwing off for like a few days or a week or a weekend getaway, whatever with your friends I found that it's so much more productive because I'll have ten times more fun in that one weekend like we're gonna have this weekend. And then when I go home, it's back to work. It's back to business. My nose is back on the grindstone and I don't go out on Friday. I don't go out on Saturday. I don't go out on Sunday. And you know, not if there's anything wrong with it, it's just what works for you. That's
3: what works for that's what works for Blake. And that's you just gotta like. find a system that works
0: for you. Right. Like for me, I dedicate
3: one day a week where me and Carly go out and we do a date night and we have our time that's separate from work or whatever. That's awesome. And You know, it's not saying that you have to dedicate a day a week or a weekend or go five weeks straight and then take a weekend off. But do, you know, you shouldn't be working all the way through. You should reward yourself. You should celebrate your victories. You should recognize and take inventory of the things that you've accomplished and earn it. Yeah, You know, but that's incumbent upon you to really. Yeah. decide what you've earned and have you worked hard enough and do you deserve what you're saying what you're giving yourself at the end of that day or I was at like the end that. of that week
1: i was like that a lot when i first like started into like my uh like my fitness shirts like that because i would always like come home and like feed up on the couch put the tv on scroll through instagram and get lost in your phone for an hour or two and i made it a point to we like I didn't really want to watch tv anymore because i was just like whatever but like i'm still pretty bad with like looking at my phone and stuff like that mm. but i'd make it a point to be like all right i'm gonna earn my phone time and i'll set a limit to myself like if i want to go into my phone i'm only gonna go through it for like 20 to 30 minutes but i'm gonna make sure like all my laundry is ready to go I, I have like the dishes are done i got like something I, I i slept like a room i did the vacuum i did something like i made sure like i earned my time like i came home and i did stuff and i got stuff done and i Little things like that—they all add up. Like your vacation, like you—you—you you, uh, you took that week off for that vacation because you busted your ass for three, four, five weeks. Like you earned that vacation, and you probably enjoyed that vacation more because you don't have that—that that background mm. guilt in your mind of saying 100%. like, Am I really, do I really earn this vacation?" I kind of fucked off last week, like well, dude. No, t- you killed it for like a month, and now yeah, you're, dude. You're
0: Tim like, saw like that grand. worse than anybody, man. He was like, "Holy fuck!" He's I don't even know at how many four many, or
1: five in the morning coming home at like nine o'clock at night, for like every five day. days
2: in a row, and I'm like, "Dude, you're gonna like."
0: It's like you're gonna burn <laughs> out like some sleep, dude. Don't like, even worry about it. straight whoo. caffeine. And, and that's one thing that running. Gets to me is
2: you get people who try to push negative energy on you and they're like, Oh, well it must be nice to be able to have all that stuff. we we'll
0: touch on that. Yeah. That's a that's a big one with uh with my, my best friend Frat, too. That's something that we've dealt with a lot. I'll I'll let him touch on that. I don't want to touch too oh, much on the topic absolutely. because I love that one, but that's that's gonna be his thing, dude. We've we've dealt with yeah. a lot of that, that yeah. whole must be nice mentality, and it's just it is nice. I'll be the first one to tell you it is fucking nice, and the reason it is nice because is you fucking earn it. Yeah, you put that work and you did the effort,
3: bro. I love that you touched on the fact that you said you earn your phone time, and that's something that's that I Little that's things, something man. that I do in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I think like your morning routine is so important Crucial. because it kind of sets the tone and it sets the pace for your day. Because some people like to just wake up and they like to, you know. Uh, stay on their phone that's the first thing they lay in bed they stay on their phone or whatnot and it's like they get in this lazy type of state for the rest of the day and it kind of pushes them back and they start their day later because of it so when i earn my phone time i earn it in the morning and i there's certain things that i have to get done at the start of my day before i look at that shit. and it's get up it's make the bed it's make my breakfast it's take my dog out for a walk get some exercise take my vitamins and then sometimes that takes me an hour an hour and a half but I'm more motivated to do it because right. I'm like, fuck, I got to check to see what's on that phone. So you know, I have an urgency, absolutely. so to speak, to get all that shit right. done. And then I look at the clock and I'm like, it's 10 a.m. I got all this shit done. I haven't been on my phone yet. But you kind of feel accomplished, it's killer. right? It's I killer because it's dealing. easy
0: to fall in that rabbit hole and just like and just accept it. And it sounds so stupid to some people. Some people be like, oh, you know, your phone or whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It absolutely is. And the time... Time that we're alive right now? Are you kidding me? Everybody's on their phone 24-7. Yeah. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. Again, this comes from like nobody's better than you. I'm just telling you, like, we're all fucking guilty of it too. We all do this. So it's just like simply saying, like, listen, these are the things that we're doing that are trying to make it better for us. Hopefully it helps. And if it doesn't, find what helps you. Yeah. And you don't have to do it in the morning. You don't have to even use that system, so to speak.
3: You just gotta find something that's gonna get you up and move in. And get you more productive than what you're being before because we all know what we're doing on a daily basis we know where we stand and we know that those results are getting us to the point where where we are and you got to make some sort of change on that next day if you want to change who you are and the amount of success that you're having Mm -hmm. so take inventory of the stuff that you're doing right now figure out what's not serving you and just change one of those things change one thing that is not serving you time, whether it be 30 minutes on Instagram, whether it be that cheat mail that you're giving yourself at the end of the night, whether it be, you know, that TV time or that Netflix movie that you're watching three times a week and just take that three hours or whatever that time frame is and dedicate it towards something that you really want to do. 100%. Whether it be starting a business or getting in shape, it doesn't matter. Find a goal, pick something, replace that time with something that's going to be more productive. Yeah,
2: 100%. you can get, get lost in your phone, but. Guess what? You can get lost in working on something and not just like anything. It. Yeah. I'll be working on my house and I put a, I'm doing a whole edition on my house. And next thing I know, you know, I wake up, I'll start working on eight o'clock. And then next thing I know, it's 2 p.m. I'm like, where'd the time go?
0: Yeah, it happens. Just, when you get sunk into something yeah. like that, you're locked in. That's that's a good thing. That's at least that's, pr- and that's productivity. Pro- that's it's not pro- like you're just fucking off on yeah. TikTok and scrolling through that's shit, it, you know, you don't get anything out of yeah. that.
2: But the house, guess what? You're getting a
1: product out of it. You're getting exactly. enjoyment
0: out of that. It's investments. Yeah. Dude, and
1: sometimes, you know, things happen, man. You get off track, like you're, oh, you you're, you're broke your routine, yeah. but it's like, if you could recognize it and be like, all right, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to make a point to get myself back on track. Like, and you do that. It happens. We all have our days yeah. where it's oh, like, yeah. I, I fell exactly off the track about. a little bit. 100%. You
0: know? Listen, a great first step. Stop using your phone for the last hour, hour and a half before bed. There's nobody that's that important. I don't care. Girls or guys or whoever the fuck you're talking to. It's not that important. And blue light is terrible for your eyes. I'm guilty of this just like anybody else. Again, I'm not better than you. I do this shit. What I'm telling you is I sleep way better and have a much more rested sleep when I do not use my phone for the last hour to an hour and a half and I read instead. Even though you're still straining your eyes, you're not looking at blue light. and You're going to get tired quicker. You're going to have a a well-rested sleep. You're going to knock right out, but you're going to... It's going to be more value to your life. I'm telling you, those the TikTok videos are not worth it. Get off that stupid am, fucking app. I'm, the, I'm the worst at like nighttime. Yeah. Like the morning isn't a problem for me at all. Mm-hmm. I don't
1: mind getting up and like not looking at my phone so much. It's the nighttime before bed. Like that phone is like the nightcap. So it's like yeah, the it's worst. To, the it is ever. to everybody and though. That's, that's what I mean. And
0: like it's so hard no, to pull just, yourself I like away I can't from. fall
1: asleep it's, like on my phone. And-
0: and That's you don't charge even charge it because uh, you drop yeah, it. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. 20%. You'll I be scrolling it hits you Wake in the up, face. Eight, you're eight, like, eight, ah, the, alarm, the alarm's going off at 5 a.m.
1: It's not 2%. I'm like, oh my God. Thank God. I
0: had battery left. to <laughs> yeah. had one alarm off. Yeah. Jesus. It's been a couple times where I was like, hey, so, I think you're no. late for work. And he's like, oh no. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phone's dead. Oh yeah, no. I go too. He's yeah, definitely yeah. saved my ass, too. So don't get
2: me wrong. Oh, God. The nights that you're not on the phone, just, you know, whoever's listening to this, do a study, fall asleep with putting your phone away, put it in another room. If unless you use it for alarm clock or something, just don't Then put it across it. the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah the room. And just get up and shut it off. Turn off, yeah. you know, your phone, your TV, any electronic device, turn it off completely and see how quickly you fall asleep. It's I guarantee insane. you it's 10 times quicker. Oh my God. It's night, night Cause guess what? When you're looking at something, you're like, Oh, I'll get tired eventually. But your brain's still active. you know, it's active. It's going to keep processing information. And when you, shut it down you stop giving it information it's going to go into like a sleep mode 100 percent. and it's you're going to get that rest that you need you know to feel better for the next day because if you only get a couple hours a night which happens to us all it does i mean and it takes a toll on you after all yeah, It does sleep you need sleep i'm trying to get seven hours of sleep like i gotta be in bed by like nine which almost never
1: happens mm-hmm. so some there were some days that just got piled in at night. i'm trying to go to bed at like 11 11 30 and like the next day oh, it was yeah. like, it's even harder to get that four in the morning, but.
3: Yeah, and, and then just you're just – you're, you're changing your pace for the whole course of the week at that point, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, out, yeah that's just cool. rolling over in your productivity yeah. Yeah. the next day, and then you're lacking sleep for the following yeah, night.
1: I was lucky enough, like, there was a couple times at work where, like, I had a little bit of downtime where I could do, like, my 45-minute workout, like, at work. Like, I was like, you know, my, like, I got informed. Like, my guys were, like, doing things, and like, they're like, no, we're good for, like, a couple hours. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to go do my workout for 45 minutes, and I was able to, like, catch up a little bit. I was lucky
2: enough to get that a few times myself. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's one thing. Like if you don't get that rest, your body doesn't recover. Yeah. You're just going to go into a spiral down. It to recover. It adds, up. It adds oh, up a lot of doubt. Because if you only get, you know, a couple hours every night, guess what? After a month of that, you're going to be so spent and burnt out that you're just going to be not productive. You're not going to put the effort you need to put in, in your daily tasks. And you're going to start half-assing stuff. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's not the right way to do anything. If you're going to do it, do it a hundred percent of it, you're all full board. That's oh, exactly yeah. where like you they could just clicked in my head like last early
1: October because I've always like nitpicked with a little bit of like working out and getting healthier over the last like several years. I've like gone back and forth, like a couple months here, a couple months here, like kind of working out, but like i like, you know what I Like I need to just stick this down like full bore and like pedal to the metal. Like. Yeah. And that's exactly – I don't like, like – don't half-ass something. You know, Just yeah. fucking go full for it. Well,
3: that brings up another good point too because I think people put so much on their plate at one time that they can't give 100% to certain things yeah. and they are half-assing certain things. So something that I touched on a couple episodes ago is I pick four things. Like I pick four things and I give Critical 100% yeah. to those four things at any given time. You know, my workouts and my fitness, that's one thing. My relationship, that's another thing. Right. My business, that's another thing. And my family and my circle, the people that I have close to me, I try to give 100% to all of those four yeah, things. I love that. And me too. I can manage that. And I can manage giving 100% to a small amount of things. But when you have a plate of 8, 9, 10 things and you're really giving up nice. your energy all the way through – You're half assing that half assing that and then everything else starts to suffer because people recognize that. People realize when they get half ass effort in return. So, you know, if you've got a goal, you've got something you're trying to accomplish, you know, keep it small, keep it realistic, but go hundred percent on that shit.
1: Yeah, Yeah. set your priorities. Like, you know, you can handle four things at like your hundred percent capacity. Maybe someone can only handle two or three, or someone can handle five, like whatever is in your realm of capacity, just at hundred percent, like Figure out and set your priorities to that and like just
0: yeah and i i personally like i i'm really good at obsessing over things like one to two things so like i i could do the four or five tasks i could do that like don't get me wrong but what i realize works best for me the reason why i do what i do the reason why i obsess and and work so hard for a little while and then i fuck off and enjoy it and then i go right back to work is because i need to obsess over things I, I'm a control freak in a lot of ways. And like, that's why I like to be the one who drives. I like to be the one who does that because personally I like to be in control. It's the way I've always been. Don't know why it's the way it is. I know that when I control things, it works. So that's why I like to control things. So for me, if I obsess over something, like I'm a pretty good bow hunter, but the reason I'm pretty good at it, I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm really fucking good because I work really fucking hard at it. Like that's why i resonate so hard with the hardest work in culture not to necessarily relate it to bow hunting but just in any aspect if i go real hard at my business it succeeds whatever i put on the top of my priority list succeeds and sometimes your physical fitness has to take a background sometimes your relationship has to take a background sometimes a lot of things have to take a background and this is i'm guilty personally of you know, just to take accountability real quick. I'm personally responsible for fucking up relationships in the past, because my business took priority or something else I felt needed to take priority that I had to put somebody else on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I thought that person was on the right page of that and on the right understanding, but they weren't. And that's okay. But that's what I needed to do to make the other thing work. So for a long time, I was working seven days a week trying to make everything work. And this is why I laugh when people like, Oh, 75 hard." there's, there's not enough time. It's a fucking insult to busy motherfuckers. Let me tell you something. I was doing seven days a week working my normal job of like 65 hours a week or whatever. Like the normal, my normal was like between 55 and 65 hours Mm -hmm. every week, normal five days a week. I was working two days a week for myself between eight to 12 hours for each of those two Saturday and Sunday. Still managing a relationship, still managing 75 hard, and still managing my house that was getting worked on. That I can't even tell you. Tim is probably the best example because Tim, for those of you who don't know, is uh, one of my closest friends. He he actually lives with me um in, in this house. So when when we were working on this house, um there was a lot of times where I was like, bro, I'm useless right now. Just use me as a laborer, like you gotta leave this, you gotta do the measurements. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I I, I got nothing left in the tank, so just help me out here and yeah, he was like that 13 14 hour the brain just started i can make cuts you. i can i can do the little shit but like you're you know we're building walls and shit and he's just like i got you and he's just lining it all up because tim's a, a tower man so he's a big measurement guy big measurement guy. But <laughs> size, <laughs> matters, that size, matters. Matters. size matters sometimes It's <laughs> how you use it anyway um, <laughs> but t- tim is is like probably the best example he could tell you i i've There's so many times where I'd come back and I'm like, dude, I'm useless right now. Just bear with me, help me out. And like my brain was not, I was barely functioning, but we got it done. We got shit done. Right now I'm running on two and a half hours of sleep. So don't tell me shit ain't possible, fuck off. We're gonna get there in a minute, but anyway. Yeah, at the beginning you were talking about that story. here we are, we still gotta get to that story. Oh yeah, let's get to that story. We'll 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 rail back to that.
3: That's where the that's where the saying intensity with everything mm. comes from though. Right, and you got to pick the the things in your life and I used four as an example, but it could be whatever to you. It could be two. You know, maybe you got two things that are really right. fucking important to you, but those two things you should be intense with and you should give everything that you have to it. And you would be amazed that what you put in is what you're going to get out and you're going to get that return. You're going to get that return on investment. You're going to get that the you know, that's a financial dividend. stability from your business because yeah. you're putting everything into it. You're going to get a partner that's very happy, that's probably going to give you exactly what you want out of somebody and pick the things that work for you, give it a hundred percent and then everything else, you know, make other things earn their way into your life. And that's kind of how I look at things now. You know, I got to say no to a lot of people, I have to say no to a lot of different plans and things and whatnot. And I'm okay with that because I know what's important to me and I know where I want to give my energy. And when something else comes into my life that takes away from that energy that thing or that person has to earn my time and earn my energy, so to speak, and not saying it can't happen. It can't happen. That just takes work and it right. takes time. And then, you know, when I value that person or I value that thing, then I go a hundred on 100%. that and that becomes
0: part of what my, my circle of what I want to dedicate my time and energy to. I get that, man. And honestly, it's not, once again, I'm gonna touch on this again because I, I can't stress this enough. It's not because he thinks he's any any better than anybody that they have to earn that time It's just because he has this relationship with himself and he understands who the fuck he is and what he brings to the table at this point that you have to earn that time to make it worth him spending the time with you do you understand so it's not like Oh, I'm too good to hang out with these people. And I've had people say that to me, like, oh, you think you're this now? I'm yeah, like, I don't think time, I'm anything. I'm, I know time. who the yeah. fuck I am. I don't think anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I got nothing to prove you to you or anybody else. You can't be comparing
2: yourself to somebody no, else. Guess what? Someone else lives a completely different life right. than you do. Different you people. You have to compare yourself to yourself in the end. What can you do? What can you be in the right. end?
3: It's me against me, dude. I'm chasing that dude, that best version of myself. Dude, and I gotta turn down dudes at work all the time. Like, hey Nick, what, you never come out for a beer, you never come out to edge gators, you know, you never hang out with the squad. I know, I don't. Yeah, but, you know, that's your lifestyle, this is my lifestyle, this is where I want to be, and this is who you want to be. And no disrespect okay. to that. That's yeah. cool. We just don't mingle, yeah. you know. There's a reason why There's I no don't disrespect, invite man. you to my things because I got a certain thing that you're not interested in. That's because I, and I'm not interested in that. And you know what? Be happy with who you are. Be happy with the people that you surround yourself. That's cool. Just not me. I got something I, right. I, I'm chasing and some person that I want to be. And that takes away from my opportunity to do
0: that.
1: 100%. I haven't experienced that anymore in my life than the last like nine months because it's just like, you know, all my goals have just completely shifted into like my uh, my mental health, physical health and like spiritual and everything that just like really like I distance myself from a lot of like my friends, even some of my family and like they're all like they kind of see me going into it. They would ask questions about like my fitness or like, you know, you set up my like, what is that? Or like, you're not drinking. Like, that's weird. Like, you know, people are starting to get like, they get like that negativity or like they Mm -hmm. doubt it. They're like, Oh, okay. You're going to do that. Like, Oh, okay. I'll see how you are in like a month or something. And it's like, they don't believe you. And you just same thing. I just distance myself a little bit and, after a while, though, some people like they come around. Yeah, you know, not everyone, but some come around because they're like, "Oh, I see, like you're taking this really serious." Like, yeah. th- a month or two, they probably don't believe you. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna last like a month or two. So years, in their defense, they have
3: away. no reason to believe you. Yeah, right. oh, because yeah. of yourself, the yeah. life that doesn't, that isn't yeah. indicative it of in what in, that like, change month, is. Three,
1: four, five, six, seven, eight. They're like, "Oh." He's He's serious, it's like he really wants to like change and like make himself better for who he is, like everything. Like,
0: I'll do that. that
1: all across the board family, friends. Right. Like, I was just like gonna 10, say, family. 15 years, dude. Like, even like some of my sisters, like, they were kind of like, You're not drinking, like, that's weird. Like, my sister tried egging me out of the drink, and like, we two or three. She's like, it's Christmas. Like, just have a fucking drink. Like, and there's day. nothing wrong. One with night off.
0: Like in her defense, like that's what they have always done. So in her eyes, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's not like she was trying to derail him off his goals. But, you know, obviously in his defense too, like she didn't understand the full program, whatever, but, um, just to play devil's advocate. But dude, honestly, family is one of the hardest things because yeah. they don't necessarily understand what, what you got going on. And they're just like, Oh, he thinks he's this now or whatever. And, you know, I'd argue you could be whoever the fuck you want to be and, right. and nobody could tell you who you're going to be. So if, until you decide who you're going to be, nobody else knows who the fuck you are internally. You're the only one who can set that moral compass, who could, who could do those things. who could tell yourself, listen, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and keeping those promises to yourself. That's, that's the important part. So when it comes down to it, and people are like, Oh, well, you know, we should do this. We should do that. Well, why don't you drink? Why don't you do this? Because I don't fucking want to. I want to do this. I set my goals on this. I told myself I was going to do this and my moral compass is straight and narrow on north and I know what I'm going to do and I do that.
2: It's one of those things like you're going to, when you set goals, you're going to find people with similar goals and you're going to surround yourself with them. You know, that's quote right. I've seen multiple times is if you have five millionaires around you, guess you what? Go. You're almost guaranteed to become a sixth because you're going to, that's right. You're going to get that push. You're going to what happens support. if the five losers? You're going to become the sixth loser. There you go. Same fucking thing. It's like, it's the way with everything. If you surround yourself with people with negative energy, guess what? You're going to be negative. If you surround yourself with people who are always, you know, happy, outgoing, want to help. Yeah. You're going to be put in that positive mindset. You're gonna to want to do better in the end. I think it's why we always just get along so well. Like oh, yeah. there's days one hundred percent. I'm not into like where
1: I'm tired. Like I don't know if I want to work out. Like, oh, and yeah. you come over. and You're like you ready? And like come on, let's, yeah, let's uh, go. you're pushing me. and Then you have your day, or you have yeah. your day, and yeah. you're pushing me. I'm pushing you. Like it's just More
0: often than not, like especially with me starting this business and really going full, full, like fledged with it, because I I've been trying to start this business for a long time, and I I finally jumped off and did my thing, like probably last year or so. And we've, we've slowly but surely starting to blow up now, which is an incredibly gratifying feeling. It's really cool to see everything pay off. But there's been so many days where I'm just like, I'm all set. I, I don't want to do a fucking thing. I already worked 12, 14 hours. I already did three hours of paperwork. And Tim's like, hey, we're going to go lift now. And I'm like, Okay, (laughs) and and he just he drags my happy ass along with it. And you know what? That's a maintenance day. Sometimes I don't have those intensity days. Like I don't, I can't be intense that day. I was intense all day long. I sold a shit ton of work. I sold more in that day than most people make in a week. But that's what I mean. It's not again not to say like anything in numbers, but like when I do those days, and I I come home, I'm like, fuck, man, I had a really really good really intense day, and like I used every ounce of my energy, and I'm literally just floating through the workout, that's a maintenance day. Your body still needs maintenance. You still need to keep improving in my serotonin slow releases. I still get that mental release. I still get that discipline of getting that task done that I did not want to do. I did not want to do that. And and, and I still did it. You're still show the fuck up.
2: Your body was saying, I've had enough. That's it. And you're like, no, fuck you. We're doing more. We're going to push it and build it stronger. And that's another thing. Like we all get along so great and we'll push each other on down days because like we talked on earlier, good friends won't let other friends half ass on shit. That's right.
0: We want to see them be the best no, they no can be all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's no right. Cheap whatsoever. man, you guys have pushed me in a lot of ways too. And that's, you know, I'll, I'll touch on this too, just so you guys have a little more background. So I, um, when we bought this, this house, I, I got like two and a half years ago, I did a lot of work on it, but, uh, Tim at the time, it just, you know everything happens for a reason tim and i weren't even that close yet but uh we we were like good friends through mutual friends and uh long and short of it was he was looking for a place and i was like hey dude i don't know if this will work out but like you're welcome come take a look and like i like, need I, a place I, like asa i have an upstairs
1: dog that was a pit bull so i'm like how the fuck am i gonna
0: find a place to and live in like two or three weeks luckily i love but uh kind of- She's the sweetest dog in the world. So it ended up working out perfect. So um, during COVID, when all that bullshit happened, and everybody's like, "Oh, you can't lift at the fucking gym." I made a gym. So I was buying and flipping weights. Um, this comes back to what we're going to talk about in a little while. Whatever the fuck it takes. I wanted somewhere to lift where they weren't going to make me wear a mask because I don't do that fucking shit. You know, to each their own. I don't care. I don't care what you believe, and that's fine. You know, you you have your opinions. I have mine. I just don't like it. I don't I don't believe you should make me do anything with my body. So I don't wanna do that shit. So I decided I was gonna do my own thing. I was gonna make my own gym. And I had a two-bay garage and it was real half ass At first it was real ratchet. It was like a squat rack with like 200 pounds of weight. And then it became like 400 pounds of weight. And then it became like, well, I also have this cable machine that's falling apart. Then I also had this couple dumbbells. Then we had some power blocks. Then we had some bigger weights. And then I just started buying and flipping weights because there was so much demand for it. Mm-hmm. So I come from a background of buying and flipping anything, bro. That's that's how I, I made my start of my life was because I had nothing and I found opportunity in things and I would just buy and flip shit. Mm-hmm. Everything from Harleys to cars, to Jeeps, to trucks. And these motherfuckers could tell you firsthand, like yeah. how many we've had everything at that house, bro. <laughs> how many times you
2: go in the gym and be like, where is this weight now? I can't even but, move around oh,
0: in this gym now. And it's, oh, it's like God. full of shit. We've and then the it, next day it's gone. It's
2: like, it's like okay, but what. in like a week or two, there's something even better in its place.
0: Always, every time. And, yeah. the, and the thing but was, uh it
2: disappeared. Something better was always. Always, gone.
0: dude. It, it was place. cool. You had, had
1: like the squat rack, with, like the power blocks, a couple dumbbells. Oh, yeah, it was right, a nice, yeah. like, little workout thing. And I know shit got real when I came home and Danny he had like this massive freaking leg press sled. And I was oh like, oh, shit's oh about my go. god! Shit's about to <laughs> that sled real. That was huge. That dude. thing it's,
0: was ginormous. It's bigger than
1: your fucking couch, bro. It's huge. It's awesome though.
0: It's it's. It's awesome. It's like better than the ones you see in the commercial. You got it? Yeah, hell yeah. You come use it when you come down. But uh, long story short here, uh, what I was saying is like that that whole gym, I made thousands of dollars and I got the whole gym for free because I wanted that. I set a goal and I decided that I wanted to make a sick gym. And there was times where my workout for that night was literally dragging equipment into the gym where I didn't even have time to fucking lift. And not like it's perfect, but that's fine. It's a deep-ass two-bay garage that we made a sick-ass um, I don't even know what you would call it. this. It's better than a gym because we have we have mats you can roll around, do jujitsu, and fucking train. We have you know a heavy bag. We have uh dumbbells. We have the power blocks go up to ninety. We have dumbbells that go up to one twenty five. So we we have some pretty solid stuff in there. And I, as far as free weight and plates and shit, probably have like roughly eight or nine hundred pounds of weight. I mean, really, maybe more, like yeah. maybe more. I think honestly, but regardless, it's just you know it. That was my goal. I wanted a place where we could all lift. And then all of our friends kind of took note and they all would come in and they still come in and we will do holidays there. Like we'll do a Christmas Eve lift where all of our boys come and just fucking rip, you know, deadlifts or squats or whatever, Liftless. you know. Lift lifts, lift. Awesome. that was, lifts. Very lifts. Very That's what was. was great. Was that <laughs> on someone's
1: t-shirt, right? Was that, a, was that um, a, was yeah, on someone's t-shirt? Yeah,
0: it was yeah. dude. So That's we great, um, right. we um all have, you know, we have a bunch of people to lift at the house now. It's cool as fuck because you know, you get that, that good aura all the time because everybody's working. And that's, like I said, you know, I'll come home from work, I'm busting my ass all day and I don't want to do a thing. And I see these motherfuckers already working up a sweat and I'm like, yep, I'm behind, time to catch up. You know, and that's, it's, Roger that, you know, got it, got work to do.
3: We're all, we're all leaders in our own respect. Oh yeah. The example that you give off and the energy that you give off will naturally translate. There's no way to motivate somebody to do something else better than you doing it yourself. You can tell somebody to do something all day, but you doing it is always going to be what comes out of your mouth actions always speak louder than words so i think always. this is a good transition to the whatever the fuck it takes which is mm. going to be a shirt that we're dropping soon for american allegiance is kind of a mentality like the intensity with everything but you know you recognize that during COVID there was no gym, there was no place to work out there was no options mm. took it upon yourself to make that option to make that Commitment of well, I got to fucking work out. I got fitness is a priority. Being healthy is a priority. This is what I have to do. So what I'm, gonna, what am I going to do? I'm going to start flipping weights. I'm going to start making my own fucking yeah. gym. And you did that. And we you had about a the, dozen people. You took a, a negative scenario of you know the economy and everything like that, and you turned it into an opportunity. And you saw that there was a high demand for weights and a high demand for fitness equipment at that point. 100%. So turned your garage into a gym, and I just think that's that's a cool fucking story and it encompasses what you want to talk about with whatever the fuck it takes. So yeah. Tell your story about, you know, what happened coming into
0: town here today. And uh, <laughs> so and this, the this, is, this is a good one too. So, well, this is going to touch on a couple different things, but primarily this is going to more touch on adversity than whatever the fuck it takes, but we're going to touch on whatever the fuck it takes first. So the reason why that means so much to me is because my entire life I've been, you know, bombarded with hardship just like anybody else. And I, you know, I hate, now that everybody thinks, like, oh, well, I had a harder background than you. It doesn't fucking matter. Everybody had a hard hardship in their life. Everybody thinks they had it harder than each other. That's fine. I don't care. I really don't care what you've been through and in terms of like who's got it worse. I, I care and respect to you, but I don't care in respect to like who's got it harder, you know? Because I guarantee you, if I told you what I go through on a day to day basis, you had to fucking spend. That's fine. You know, regardless, um, what I'll touch on with that first is, you know, everybody will tell you no until you find somebody to tell you yes. And that's that's where that whatever the fuck it takes comes from. The reason why it means so much to me is because I, I learned a long time ago that I can do whatever I want as long as I'm willing to do whatever the fuck it takes. And I have it tattooed on my leg with a burning bag of money, whatever the fuck it takes. And I didn't put it out publicly because it was a tattoo for me all my tattoos are symbolic to the shit I've been through and the things that have happened in my life and whatever. But you know, it's, it's easier for some people to save money and do that a certain type of way. But listen, if you told me I needed 20 grand tomorrow, I'd find it. I don't know how I just do whatever it takes to get it. And like, I honestly, I, I can't even tell you how I do half the things I do. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense, but you put yourself in a sit, certain situation where when, whenever your back is against the wall, you will figure it the fuck out. Like, figure it the fuck out, dude. If you look for excuses, you'll find them. But if you look for solutions, you'll find them too. Whatever you are going to to turn your tide to is what what your mind is naturally going to gravitate to and you're going to find that solution. Whether that's good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is, if you're looking for excuses, you'll find them. If you're looking for solutions, you'll find them. So that's what whatever the fuck it takes means to me. Because when I wanted to start a business and I had a a bad situation, I can't go into a lot of it because... A lot of it is, uh, I guess we'll say, allegedly. We'll put our air quotes up and say allegedly. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you have to do certain things and do whatever the fuck it takes to make things work. And I had to get creative in a lot of ways because there was a lot of times where we barely had enough to keep the fucking lights on. And and we transitioned from that to landing some really big accounts. I, you know, re- most recently landed uh, 97 buildings to shy of a thousand units, which is our bread and butter. I mean, that's a big account for the company. So um, just so everybody knows, I run a pest control wildlife business. Um, I was trying to become a police officer for about four and a half years. I was discriminated against for being white. Um, As ridiculous as that fucking sounds, I was 100% hired. I was given an Academy date and I was told there was a discrepancy, which turned out to be uh, they needed more diversity in the department. So that was my final sign. I literally told myself after four and a half years that if this this last one, I'm 100% hired. If that don't work out, start my business. And that was my sign. And now I make probably at least four to five times what I would have made if uh, if I had made that mistake. And not to say anything against law enforcement, I have a lot of respect for it, but it definitely wasn't the right choice for me. And uh, ultimately, the reason I wanted to do that was because I mean, fuck, I want to help people, and, and any way that I could do that. But I I know that I could serve a bigger purpose, making more money and doing more for people. Like our recent charity event, like it's that. Shit like that is what's going to bring us to the next level. And me as an officer, if I were to be in that position and being told what I can and can't do and what I can and can't say and being restricted and not being able to be a free man, that would mean way less to me than what I can what I can actually bring to the table. So, um, in respect to law enforcement, because I do have a lot of respect for law enforcement, I respect the fuck out of what you guys do, but I I just can't do it. And I, I'm just grateful, very fortunate for, for all the people that told me no, because it led me to the yes that, that changed my fucking life. So whatever the fuck it took for a long time was me getting to those interviews, getting to those those uh, you know different tests, those different things to bring me to that next level and to get me ahead of the next people. And I was, I was literally hired by one department, 100%. And there was a couple other departments I was on the list for. When I pulled everything, I was like, nope, I'm all set. I made my decision. Those same departments now in Connecticut that were like between nine hundred and fifty to like thirteen hundred for like a five department test that would have like twelve openings. Most recently I heard that they had fifteen people apply. About eight or nine of them pass, and only about four were applicable. And they were looking for like fifteen people. So it's crazy to see how things turn. Like once again, that everything happens for a reason. Because if that were to be now, I'd be hired in a heartbeat. And I would have made the biggest mistake of my life. And it's not because, again, that I wouldn't make a great law enforcement officer. It's because that, for me, that's not what I was signed up to be. That's not what he had written for me.
3: Yeah. Which is why I worked out like
0: that. An awesome story and I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I would agree with everything you
3: said as far as your impact is gonna be a lot bigger not doing the law enforcement route than it is what you're doing right now. I think in law enforcement, you're very limited in the Mm -hmm. amount of impact that you can make on people. And there's a certain amount of people that you're only impacting, whereas you, you are directed toward a different scope of people, you're different, you're different in a way that you direct your energy toward higher achievers, people that want to do more people Mm. that have the work ethic to do whatever the fuck it takes. And with that saying what that means to me is, I think about it in terms of if I had a significant person in my life, if I had a kid that was diagnosed with cancer, if I had somebody Mm. that had a traumatic event, or something happened, I would immediately do whatever the fuck it takes to help that person, right. right? much like anybody else would, much like anybody else that has a child or has a significant other or something, somebody that means the world to them. Right. You would do whatever the fuck it takes to make that person survive or make that person thrive. If we took that type of mentality and we put it into other areas of our life, like a business, there's no reason why whatever we do can't succeed. The problem is we just don't take that mentality. We don't mm. put it in different avenues. We, right. we put a ceiling on what we think we're capable like cap. of. Yeah, because there's that security blanket. Mm. Because nothing. Because we're very complacent, we're very comfortable with what we have. There's no emergency on the other end. There's no, well, this is going to fail if I don't do this. Right. Whereas if you put yourself with the back against the wall and you have to, you have to perform in that certain aspect at that given time to make it work, you're going to make it work. And like 100%. you're coming up with
0: $20,000 like on the spot, you you don't know how, but you're going to fucking do it because that's what that's what it takes. I've come pretty fuck close to that number where I had to figure it out on the fucking spot and I did it. And we're all and capable crazy of
3: doing that. We just we don't we choose not to. We yeah. take the easier path. We think that we're comfortable with whatever we have right now. So we don't have to do whatever the fuck it takes. But that's a mentality that can be applied to any different avenue, any different thing in your life that's extremely important to you. And you can create it. You can create the life that you want based on that mentality. Right. And I think it's applicable to a lot of different things. But that's a great story, man. And I think that you made the right choice going the route that you did, and appreciate it's gonna pay. That. It's gonna pay forward, you know, tenfold in
0: what you would have done in law enforcement. I think so too, and I appreciate you saying that. But I, I want everybody at home to think about this too. I, whatever you're doing right now, whatever you've been through, I want you to think about the hardships in your life the toughest time, the toughest shit that you could think of, the hardest shit that you've been through, I want you to think back to those times and what your thoughts were. I want you to think mentally. It's so easy to to result to that quitting mentality, and we all do. We all instantly go to that. But if instead of quitting, you just think about, I just got to do whatever the fuck it takes. And no matter what it is, I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's race. I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's work. I don't care if it's working out. Whatever the fuck it is, whatever it is, If you said to yourself, instead of like, uh, I'm not going to do that right now. If you were like, "Eh, whatever the fuck it takes, what would you do? And that's, that's where that comes from. That whatever the fuck it takes mentality is something that means more to me than anything else. Because it's like, you just don't have a choice. There's no, there's no fucking back. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to save you. Figure the fuck out. And that's where that, whatever the fuck it takes comes from.
1: Dude, that has definitely got to be your greatest strength in like this amount of time that I've known you and how close we've gotten, I've noticed that is like your, your strongest, like attribute. Like that is like your strength is like you're back against the wall and you figure it the fuck out. And like
0: <laughs> more times than yeah. I can count. Bro. Like, I remember all the it times that a lot of the it's... gym, you know, we'd, sit appreciate there, that. we'd
2: be talking, you know, you talk to me about your future. I remember when you were at your last job, you're like, you know, you want to tell me you want to start your own thing and you kept pushing it off, pushing it off. And you're like, I just got to do it. And you're like, yeah, I just, quit, it. I just quit my
0: job. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, what? He goes, if I, real. Like, if I didn't do it. I was like, fuck it. Like, it was the worst time to do it, too. And I was yeah, like, fuck it.
2: You're like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So fuck I'm just going to do it. He's like,
0: it was so fucked. I did it.
2: And now look at him. You're this, successful. You got
0: it. Doing all right. But the the state was holding us back for a lot of reasons. There was a lot of state testing that got delayed. And I won't go too deep into it because, like I said, a lot of things are allegations. But the, uh The bottom line was there was a lot of things I was waiting on that I could not technically get yet. So I had to do certain other things legally to make things work so the business could then be successful. And when I finally got everything else that I needed, it became very successful, very quick where I had to hire and I didn't have a choice. And that was a very, very fortunate moment for me. So um, all things considered, everything happens for a reason. But it's just going back to that whatever the fuck it takes mentality and just fucking continue to rip it. Angels Envy. Angels Envy. Let's let's get a sponsorship with them because they fucking slap. We'll tag them in the, in the description too. They slap. Also with American Airlines. <laughs> 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 Different reasons though. One was good and one's bad. Um, future reference. Anybody who's listening, do not fly American Airlines. Please, for the love of God, do yourself a favor. You don't want to. Uh, Mike tried to warn me and I thought I knew better and I did not know better. Um, fun fact I should listen so we're gonna talk about that because we're on the topic of adversity. might as well we'll get started with that so uh, most recently I went to first form summer smash recently uh, this last week like I said I like to uh, kind of screw off all in one shot so I accidentally planned like the dopest vacation so I had summer smash for three days uh, with two days of travel so it was a five-day ordeal then I was flying out to uh, Miami with Mike frat one of my closest friends Uh, we went to go see mgk which was an amazing concert then the plan was originally we were going to fly back to new york where we were going to meet up with tim and jake tim and jake and myself we're going to you know drive to virginia beach for our friends opening of his gym and mike was going to take his jeep back to uh to home so I had a bad feeling about this already because our friend Kate, who was uh, associated with First Form, had a hell of a time with American Airlines. So she had an issue, long story short. And, uh, you know, I was kind of feeding her the, hey, like, listen, it could always be worse. Everything happens for a reason ordeal. And then I had to kind of practice what I preach as soon as like that turned around (laughs) because she she literally had like six delays and like rolled over and ended up having to stay an extra night and like. You know she was stranded you know it it was a nightmare for this poor girl i felt so bad and i'm like oh my god i couldn't even imagine and then i could imagine because it happened to me uh (laughs) quickly became a fucking reality um so mike and i were going to the airport and we were both exhausted like we were just tired you know from hitting hard and having a great time staying up late whatever you know it's not something we're used to so we uh we went to the airline and we got our first delay and we're like oh cool that's that's lovely then there was another delay and i'm like that's i I don't know how this is all going to work out mike goes hey i think we're going to miss our flight our our connecting flight because of course we didn't have a straight through because american airlines is just lovely so we uh we found out that we were going to miss our connecting so we went and talked to customer service after waiting an hour um it turned out they canceled both flights which was really convenient so then after that they, uh, they had another flight they gave us. They only had one back to Connecticut. Fortunately, I was coming to Virginia Beach anyway, so I'm like, send me to Norfolk. We'll figure it out. Um, so they found those, and then those both got canceled. And then they had one more somehow that kind of worked out. I don't, I don't even know how this all happened, but it literally, quite literally, canceled our flights for several times. We're just standing there looking at each other like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. So... We finally get our itinerary. They're like, "Listen, you you have to go to this other airport." So we went from Fort Lauderdale, where we were, to Miami, which was an hour away to that airport. Um, Eighty-five dollar Uber. Had a great conversation, which actually this was kind of cool. This this brings us back to everything happens for a reason. This guy was one of the coolest, nicest guys I've ever met in my life. This old timer. You know, you see you see an older guy show up with a mustache on your Uber, and you're like, "Oh boy, we're in for it." You know, we're about to get some shit but he was the nicest guy, very religious. And, you know, he, he said a couple things that really stuck with me. It was really cool. And he was very fortunate for everything he's been through. And one of the things that was really cool that stuck with me. He was like, you know, very, I've been very fortunate in my life and all the gifts I've been given. And he was like, you know, when, when God was giving out gifts, he must've stopped that conveyor belt cause he gave me a lot more than anybody else had. And I thought that was so fucking cool, man. He just had a really great outlook on life and just like all the stuff he said, it was just, it was really cool. So, um, Anyway, we so we end up going to this other airport, and we're we're sitting there waiting. I'm on the phone with one of my friends, and Mike's in one, you know, gate, and I'm in another one. And they tell me where to go, and I'm waiting there. And I'm like, you know, this doesn't make any sense. I think we should be boarding by now. Like this, this is kind of strange. So I text Mike, and he's like, Yeah, I'm on a plane. I'm like. That's fucking weird because I'm not on a plane. So I asked I asked somebody else and they're like, oh no, it's this gate across the airport. So of course I sprint over there and it's already boarded. And I was like, neat, I missed a flight. This is my first time ever missing a flight. After everything said and done, they fucked up our whole day. We spent, I don't even know, five or six hours by this point in the airports and whatever. I'm like, okay. Well, what are we gonna do? So I call Nick and I'm like, hey dude, you know who's supposed to pick me up? I'm like, I, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen here. So He's like, well, let me know what you want to do. Carly jumps on and she finds me a flight, luckily. And I I went through and I ended up booking it right on the spot. I'm like, I'm not even fighting with these people, whatever. I went to Southwest. I highly recommend Southwest. Mm-hmm. They'll at least get you there on time. Uh, so <laughs> so <laughs> They
1: never cancel.
0: Yeah, so at least they don't cancel. So uh, long story short, I I haven't even touched on that yet. I haven't even talked to American Airlines because I don't even want to deal with it. Yet. I just want to enjoy the trip. But it was just a bunch more BS. I end up having to spend another $350 for another flight, another $80 back to wherever we were going where our friends were in Fort Lauderdale, so I went to go see some friends of mine. I came back a couple hours later running on no sleep. I'm still on 2 hours of sleep, but it's okay. We like to push our bodies and see what we're capable of, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this just goes back to the, the topic of adversity. I was really really frustrated with the whole situation and with everything that happened just You know, it'd be very easy for me to just be defeated and just sleep in the airport or whatever. But I still made the best of my time because I know that's that's life that I won't get back. Even though I chose not to sleep and I really probably should have. But the the bottom line was, you control the controllables, and that's exactly what I said to Nick when we talked about. I'm like, dude, just control the controllables, whatever. You know, the things that I can control within my power, within my reach. I was able to control and get myself back, had a great time, still made the best of it and got back and still made my flight the next morning. So regardless, I still got here, you know, Tim and Jake were able to pick me up at the airport, which I was fortunate for. But this, um, these little adversities happen every day and they ruin people's lives. And the thing is that these adversities are always going to happen. They're always going to be there regardless of whether or not you're okay with them. And 99% of the time, you're not going to be okay with them. I promise it sucks. Adversity sucks. but something a big takeaway I know I keep bringing up Mike but he's been a very very big good influence on this um when I used to I used to get so frustrated I get so pissed off and shit, and I just didn't have the right mindset yet and he's like he's like dude be happy that means good shit's coming whenever the enough bad shit piles up it means good stuff's coming so when bad things happen I don't care if it's death I don't care if it's friendship losing I don't care if it's losing your job whatever it's a great it's it's great because good things are coming. You can only have so much bad happen to you before it turns around. And if you find the good in everything, like Seth Ferosi's big on that, if you find the good in everything and you constantly look for the good, you'll find it. You have to find the good in that. So in my head, I'm like, I missed that flight. What could have happened? Well, maybe somebody was gonna cough on me and I was gonna die two weeks later. I don't know. I, I go to fucking extremes and like of course, that's fucking ridiculous, but for this day and age, everybody thinks that's the case, but whatever, we're not gonna go there. Um, <laughs> where, where I'm going with that is if, if you take those extremes and you, if you bring your mind to that place where you're like, hey, I'm fortunate I, I didn't die because I wasn't there. And like, who knows, you know, that that flight could have fucking crashed and burned. I hope to God that never happens, but I'm just saying like anything could have happened and there's a reason why I wasn't on that flight. And I ended up having conversations with other people on the flight that I was on I ended up changing their mindset in a couple of things because they went through the same shit and they were in a tough spot and just bad situations, with their family and stuff. And I ended up making a positive impact on them. And that's why I believe that I was in that spot at that time, because you know, who knows what that could have related to them down the line and their mentality, their mindset and whatever. But that, that adversity has played a massive role in my life. I've been through, you know, a lot of bad bullshit and I'm not really going to go too much into it, but fucking one of the easiest ones to, to bring up, like nine years before I bought my house, I was homeless that was a fucking tough time. I was living in a car with my mom. And then we ended up living in a house that fucking burned down. There was one room that wasn't touched by the fire. And that was, that was a crazy fucking time, but that we had no running water, no heat, no electricity. And I played a sport that I didn't even like just so I could fucking shower and shit. I had somewhere to do that. And it all served me. Everything happens for a reason. You know, that, that adversity, if you, if I allowed that to break me the way it should have, I'd be fucking dead. I'd be gone. I was suicidal after that, just like anybody else would be, you know, but I didn't let it break me. It was it was just going back to that whatever the fuck it takes mentality. And nine years after being homeless, I bought a fucking house. You know, and that's it's crazy. It's not it's not the best, but it's a place to fucking live. I supported myself, I supported my mother. Um, you know, it's 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 just crazy. Crazy to think about. And uh, and that adversity could either build you or break you. It's very, very straightforward, very simple. A lot of people have that adversity in their lives and they like to, to play the victim mentality and be like, oh, poor me. Why me? But this goes right back to what we're talking about with the whatever the fuck it takes mentality. Because it, however you choose to look at that is how you're going to view it. If you, if you take that as the blessing that it is because God just gave you an opportunity to get better, you're going to get better. That's a blessing. That's a gift. If you ta- choose to take that as a poor me, why me, what the fuck, it, it's going to break you it's it's happening for you not to you everything happens for a reason so that's that's where i wanted to get at with this whole adversity thing i know we veered off track quite a bit um talking about other things even though there's a lot of value added in this episode but um i wanted to make it a point to to specifically talk about some adversity things and you know some other things and once again that's it was hard as fuck to not be diminished and and broken by this fucking airline just destroying my life but you know what ultimately I didn't have any deadlines. I still got to spend some extra time with some friends there. So it, everything happened for a reason. I made some good connections there that ultimately could end up serving me in the future with some business transactions and things. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. We don't know why I don't care what you, you know, whatever you believe in, whether that be God or something else It's you know, ultimately you have to believe that everything happens for a reason because the, the places we're put, it's not our decisions. You know, there's there's something bigger than us that puts us in these places that that leads us to these these things that we end up doing, you know, even that, you know, I I'm still on two hours of sleep. and We're having a great podcast right now. We're having a great episode. This is a kick ass episode. And, you know, maybe if I got eight episodes, eight hours of sleep or six hours of sleep, maybe I wouldn't be as coherent as I am. I don't know. I, I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is everything is as good of a story. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't be as good of a story. It's a hell of a story. Yeah, it's, it's killer, man. And one of the main
3: reasons why I wanted to have you on this show is just because you've been through so many extreme cases of adversity mm-hmm. and most people don't experience extreme cases of adversity. But like you said, everybody has their daily adversity. Every, everybody has the little things throughout yeah. the day that they go through and they can make or break them. And most people choose to let it break them. Most sure. people take that path or that one thing that happens that sucks and it ruins their day. And then oh, it ruins yeah. their mindset and then they treat people like shit. And then 100%. that's the life that they get in term, And that happens day after day after day. But you have extreme cases of adversity. You have literally, you know,
0: Zero homeless owners.
3: versus housing, you know, yeah. the, these, these cases where you can literally take a situation. And what I've seen is the guys that have gone through the most adversity are the guys that ultimately have the best stories and sure. ultimately have the most success. And something else that I've realized is that when you have those extreme cases of adversity or those things that happen that are so bad that just really want to make you quit and throw in the towel, if you just wait it out, if you just wait it out another 24, 48 hours or whatever, something good always happens, like right after that right. moment. hundred percent
1: experience. They've seen their bottoms like Dude, one, yeah. one bottom after the next. They, they've been to hell. They know what it is. They that's they, right. They know, they know that, like, hey, I know this is hell and then it's all from uphill from here. And you hit something else a couple years a couple months down the road and then they like i've been here before yeah i've been here before that's, like that's I, I know that's right. exactly I right that dude this.
0: the road to hell start or the road to paradise starts in hell there's there's a reason for that once you've been through that shit, it's like peanuts the next time around bro everything serves you for a reason i didn't know why the fuck I, I was playing football i didn't even like football i didn't even want to play football but that's what started my lifting career that's what started me lifting weights and getting bigger and getting stronger and like understanding that side of my body and that, that side of my life. I also, we also had this, this is kind of a funny story. So we had a fundraiser, right? Um, there was these discount cards. I'm sure if you played any sport in high school, you probably know about them. So there was like 10% off of this and 20% off of that these restaurants, these participating things and $5 off here. So it was like a $20 card. Right. And this was, this is like how I learned sales by accident because I needed fucking money and I didn't have a choice. So uh, we had these discount cards and they would only give you a pack of 20 of them. We had a week long fundraiser. Okay. So he gave me a pack of 20 of them. And uh, I was like, I want a second pack. And he's like, you know, that's $400 in that pack. Just like sell that and come back. I'm like, no, give me a second pack. And he's like, sell the fucking tickets and come back you. I'm not giving you a second pack. No, kid. You know, like I was like fucking 15. Yeah, bucko. So I was like, okay. (laughs) So I was like, okay, you know, I'll I'll fucking try this. So I, I left practice after, you know, whatever. And I went and I started knocking on doors. And I went through the neighborhood around us, even though we were fucking homeless. I like went through this area around us. And I sold all of them in like two hours. And I kept the last one and I was like, I went back and I promised people I'd come back the next day. So I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know what a sales pitch was. I had no fucking idea what any of that was. So I was just like, I'm just gonna fucking sell these things because I need to make money. So uh, I went back the next day. I was like, hey, I need another book of them. And he's like, I fucking told you, you give me the money and I'll give you another one. And I was like, here. And he's like, you sold those last night. And I was like, yeah, can I have two now? Stop wasting my fucking time. And he starts like he's like, all right, kid, fuck it. You know what? Here. And he gives me two books. So the next like next day I went back and I got, you know, two more. So the runner-up, like ever, like the high score ever for selling them was like 23 uh, of these cards. And the runner-up that year had sold 13 cards and I sold 103 in a week. Wow. And I made a lot of money on it. I made like at the time for being like 14, 15 years old, I was, I don't even remember what it was like 15 16 hundred bucks. Like what are you going to do with the money? I'm like I got bills to pay. And that started a different endeavor of buying and flipping things, but I ended up, you know, making my way further from that, and making more money off of that, but that's where like my sales career came from of like not even understanding of what I what I was doing but not having a choice. And like that serves me so much now because when I tell somebody a number on a job or when I tell somebody what a quote is, what a price is, whatever, I know how people are going to react. I understand from like those times and like going further from that, what people are going to do because of those those bad times. that I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing, but it served me. I was a young kid and people felt bad and they want to listen to me. They were like, sure, kid, it's fucking dinner time. Why are you knocking on my door in the dark? But like, fine, I'll buy your stupid $20 card and get lost. But it served me, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it all worked out for the better purpose. And like that goes back to that everything happens for a reason. You know, it's it's crazy. Even the the place we lived at after after we were homeless, I I found this guy he was friends with my my old neighbor and you know, my mom drove me down the road. He lived on the way to my grandma's house. And uh, I made her stop in front of his driveway and I was like, Hey, you know, I heard you got a place for rent, whatever, we could afford this much, whatever. And uh he was like, Sure, sure, I'll get back to you and I gave him my information. I never called me back. So I was like, Okay. We're going back another time. I see him there again. And I'm like, stop again. She's like, we're gonna get arrested. I'm like, fuck it. He ain't gonna arrest a 16-year-old. Figure it out, you know? So we stop in the driveway and I talk to him again. And the third time, I caught him. He was on the way to the airport. Right? He's going to fucking he was on his way to like Florida to visit somebody or whatever. And this is a funny story, too. He had just redone the whole upstairs of his house. Now this guy has no idea who I am. I'm friends with his neighbor. I'm I was like sixteen at the time. My mother she she has a problem with like when things get tough, she gets nervous and that's just stems from the past. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just who she is when things happen to me. I'm just like figured out whatever and this comes from like these times. So I made her stop again. This is the third time I stopped this guy. And he's like, what do you want, kid? You know, like what? What? You know what? So I'm like, hey, dude, we really need a place to live. Like I totally pay this much. There's still nobody living in your house. You are losing money every month. Like I'll rent it for a month. like let's figure something out and he's like dude just he's like the the door's open just fucking move in i don't care we'll figure it out when i get home i'm like are you seriously gonna call the costume he's like no he's like you know i I just painted the door there's no door now there's a sock in the door he's like just push it open move into the top floor it's all brand new just don't wreck it i'm like are you serious right now and he's like yeah just move in we were there for nine years that was, that was how that was, he became like family to us and he was very, very close with us for a lot of reasons. But, um, I did everything for him that I could to help him too. And like, he took substantially less than he should have for rent and he was a good, good man. So regardless, that was what gave me the ability to save up enough money to buy my own house. And like, again, all those things fucking served me. It was all an accident, like I don't, you know, I'm not going into my whole life story here, but like those was just I a couple how, things that like served me in that process.
1: I love how you kept going back from war. Like anyone else would have just been like, all right, he said no, like he doesn't want to rent out to me. Right. But you were like, no, I'm not taking no for an answer. Like, I've never taken wall, no for you you an answer. We didn't
0: have a choice. There was nowhere to shower. There's nowhere to, br- I was brushing my teeth, spitting out a fucking window with a bottle of water. You know what I mean? That That was, we had one room that was untouched by fire, that there was no electricity, no running water, nothing. It was me my mother and and like my cat at the time that's all we had we had nothing you know what i mean and that again it served us i'm grateful yeah. i'm very fortunate because now it's not like that anymore but yeah. most people just don't have that story to fall back that experience
3: yeah. to fall back on and right this goes back to another ed my let quote that things happen for us and not to us 100% and you got to look at those experiences was and a put a perspective on it that The reason why that happened is why you're good at what you're doing now and why when you have adversities like a stupid airport situation, you're so comfortable, you're so composed and you just handle it and you move on and you do something like that. Whereas most people, they're spending an overnight at the airport. They're freaking the fuck out. What the fuck am I going to do? They don't know how to live their life. Right. But you have a lot of experiences and a lot of things to fall back on that have basically uh, conditioned you to do Mm. To do 100%. well in all these different types of environments. What's that
1: Equanimity. Equanimity.
3: Nice. Well done. That was that was one that, that was Ed Milet said
0: recently, and uh, as soon as I heard it, I just got fucking chills, man. I was like, fuck. Equanimity is something. It's basically the ability to function well under chaos, and when the room is burning around you, being unmarred, unscarred, and just walking the fuck out. That's what equanimity is. It's just, it was so cool. When I heard Ed Edmilette say that word, I was like, fuck. He said it on Heavy D podcast. You guys should check that out too. That was a kick-ass episode. He had a two-part podcast with Ed let Equanimity. So that's it's the ability to function under chaos and, and basically to, to get your way out of it. It's fucking killer. I as soon yeah. as I heard that word, I was like, fuck. Where's it been forever? Throw it on a shirt. <laughs> Bro, throw it on a fucking shirt. That's that's the fucking word, man. It's Don't just ask, like Google fuck. Just <laughs> Google it. Fuck around and find out. You can figure it out. <laughs> Don't ask. Do it. But yeah,
3: man. Uh, this has been a super rich episode with with yeah. content, and I appreciate you sharing those stories, Tim or Jake. Is there anything else you wanted to share?
1: Oh uh, man, I could call me off guard. I can't think of top of my head, but like, uh, I was just so grateful to be here, and just you know, just listen, yeah. even just listening and talking a little bit, I did. I just. Mm-hmm. Two so hours ago, a great experience, right? The boys, Jake and Tim, were like, "How do we? Who, how does this work?" That <laughs> <You guys laughs> yeah, was, like, was like, a podcast ago, who? Who? You guys <laughs> never have, met her?
2: Uh, two hours ago, we were like, "Oh, you know, we're gonna go Blake check and Nick <laughs> are going to do the podcast, and we're going to go check out the hotel." And he's like, well, "Why don't you guys join?" We're like, "Wait, what?" He's <laughs> like, "I pour you a glass of bourbon." And I was <laughs> like, well, "Oh, drink,
3: drink some bourbon, bourbon and have yeah, a conversation." Yeah, well, That's all it right. so, like, "Okay." Just a conversation. Just the mics on at this point. That's all. That's it, man. It turns into a great episode. So
0: hell yeah thank Thanks. you very much for having us brother we we appreciate you and your hospitality yeah, as always and especially. we we love to be here we can't wait for a lot of big things coming for the brand this year Keep a it lot of big things shirts. we we have some good things coming in that that one of the next release is going to be the whatever the fuck it takes and if that's something that resonates with you i i hope you appreciate it and if it's not then i think you should probably change your perspective a little bit and, and try to try to see that through our eyes the whatever the fuck it, it takes and that's not even to sell shirts we don't give a fuck if you buy them or not to be honest it's just it's something that resonates with us. It's just whatever the fuck it takes. When you think about what what you've been through, those things that they could really change your perspective on when you when people say no, and you're like, I'll find somebody else that says yes. That's gonna change your whole fucking life right there. So,
3: oh yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Guys, give Blake a follow on IG. Give Tim, give Jake a follow. We'll uh, tag them all in the description here. If you like the episode, give it a share. If you didn't, fuck off.
0: <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs>